Yo, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 22 of the Get The Shot podcast. This podcast is for all you aspiring creatives trying to get your shot at working in the sports creative industry. My name is Billy Quach, and I am the creative director at Let It Fly Media, as well as an NFL LCC content creator. And today, our guest is Noah Halford, a content creator at the University of Tennessee. And boy, did he just have a weekend filming the game of his life. We're going to be talking about his journey into collegiate sports, and then we're going to talk about what it was like to film his team take down the number one team in the country in one of the most electric post games I've seen this year. Super stoked to get this one going. Let's run it. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Noah, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you being on the on the podcast, especially after the probably busy week and weekend that you've had. Just to start off, can you give your kind of job title and just a summary of your role just so people know who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a uh, My job title is content creator, but I am more on the video side. Um, so pretty much my day-to-day is... It, it, obviously varies day to day, but I, um, essentially, you know, record, uh, all the games, make highlights. We make, you know, trailers, we make reels. And this year we're trying to like hit hard on like short form content, you know, like TikTok, Instagram reels, all that stuff. So that's pretty much what I do day in and day out. Nice. And how long have you been at Tennessee? I got here, I got here late February. I haven't been here too long. So uh, pretty, pretty new, uh, here. Not a bad, not a bad season, uh, <laughs> get started with them. I, I grew up a Tennessee fan and like coming here and having this season, it's just like a dream come true. That's awesome to hear. And then how did you get your start in content creating? Like talk to me about kind of your origin story. Yeah. So I, I'd say it started, you know, early college. I kind of went into college, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and so, I had always kind of like made videos and stuff like that, like in high school, just for fun, like with a GoPro, you know, and kind of realized that I could do this when I got into college for full time and got involved with my football team there at MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University, um, and started making little highlight videos for them, little player highlights for for the guys and kind of sparked kept learning, watched a bunch of YouTube videos, wanted to, wanted to grow, got involved, um, at a church, uh, where I interned. They taught me a lot about Premiere and a lot of technical aspects, Lightroom, like a bunch of stuff like that. And so that kind of blossomed. And when I graduated, I ended up going to Georgia doing like a coach's film internship, which is not really what I would wanted to do. That's more like film and like practice plays and stuff like that. But I was able to kind of like do some creative work in my own time and get the, the, the Georgia on my resume. So, um, which, which helped in the long run because I, uh, ended up going to, uh, getting, getting offered to go work for Chase Elliott in NASCAR, um, which is like completely out of my realm, but I was just like, Hey, it's my first opportunity to, to work in content and I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I'm going to hopefully excel and, and do my best. And, and then, I, I did good there and Tennessee noticed and uh, now I'm here. I couldn't refuse. What was kind of a moment or turning point, would you say, in your journey or career that kind of got you confident enough to be able to take a job such as Tennessee or somewhere with a big name? Yeah, well, I, I'm ne- I never feel prepared 
for 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 jobs like even people are like oh you're so good you're so talented I, I still never feel fully prepared for for what I'm getting myself into so but but when I was with Chase I got a lot of good encouragement I mainly did photo and graphics there but I also did a little video as well so I was kind of getting well versed in all aspects of content creation so definitely felt more confident um, knowing you know, a little bit of graphic design, knowing photography, knowing After Effects, knowing Premiere, that when Tennessee came calling, I, you know, I felt more confident than I ever had been. Um, still intimidated just because, you know, it's it's Tennessee. It's, I grew up, I grew up a big fan, you know, I didn't want to mess that up. But, you know, in reality, I was definitely prepared for it. I've been kind of uh, looking at your social. I think I recently caught on to, um, your social medias before the big game with Alabama, but I noticed you put a lot of reels and kind of TikTok content out. Like talk to me about the strategy there and like assume that's been attributing to your follower account and just getting you a lot of exposure of your content. Like um, talk to me about your kind of your social strategy with your personal account. Yeah. First off, super thankful for, you know, all the people following and, and all the DMS I've been getting and stuff. I remember back in the day when I, you know, DM somebody and was like, Hey man, like, how did you get into this? You know? And it's, it's cool to see that now, uh, and getting those. And I, I, I do my best to reply to everybody I can. So I just want to first say thank y'all for everything. Um, <clears throat> kind of back in July, August, I kind of realized, I think I could, you know, pursue a little, I, I feel like I could build my own brand a little bit through this. Um, when I was with Chase, I was building his brand um, and it was really cool and I was really good at it. You know, we, we, we built it really well and I was like, maybe I could do this for myself eventually. So kind of just clicked. I was like, I know what to do. Reels are hitting. And so I'm just going to make a ton of reels. I'm going to put them out see if they hit along with TikToks. And I just kind of stayed consistent with it and they, I had some pop off and had a lot of creators reach out and try to reply to everybody and reply to all the comments and just be social on social media. And, uh, it's, it's worked out. So how uh, important is it to be social on social media to get those networking opportunities and connections that you might not get if you weren't on social media for the, you know, a lot of younger aspiring creators are listening to this podcast. So just kind of what's your point of view and, uh, on, or I guess, What's your advice on just networking in general? Yeah, I mean, social media is social media for a reason. So it is very key to uh, not just not just post your work on social media, but interact with other creatives on social media and, you know, DM people if, if you like their stuff, you know, constantly encourage people. If you have any questions, ask them. Um, and, you know, that could lead to something else. I've, I've had, you know, people reach out and, you know, ask about cameras and asking about like how they get started. And then they'll come back, back to me. Like after I gave them some advice on cameras something like that, Hey, like did this, uh, and it worked out for me. And like, you know, like it only like being social on social media only helps you. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's super important, uh, especially networking aspect, um, meeting people, you never know they, they could be your next boss or employer. Yeah, for sure. I've gotten so many connections and, you know, opportunities because of social and super important to get your work out there and get connected with everybody in this field because it is kind of a small world and everybody kind of knows everybody. Um, all right, let's, yeah. Um, 
Let's uh, talk about this past weekend, Alabama, Tennessee. <laughs> what was that experience like? Yeah, I might get a little teary-eyed. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but uh, I keep going back to this, but growing up a Tennessee fan, obviously I've never really seen Tennessee beat Alabama before. And a little bit in me was just like, what if it happens while you're here? Like, And I was just like, okay, I'm just not going to think about that. Um uh, you know, going into the game preparation stuff, we were very prepared for the the good outcome, um, which was, you know, what we needed to do. And uh, our team here was like my boss. He gives us a lot of creative freedom, but he's also super organized. Uh, Tyler McIntyre, he is um, really good. Um, and so we were very prepared for everything that came our way and super back and forth game. You know, we were very nervous the whole game, but we finally, uh, you know, pulled it out and it was, uh, it was a good result. And we, uh, I feel like we did really well of like allowing the fans that weren't there to, you know, experience kind of what it was. We literally, me and my, me and my buddy Luke, we literally got back uh, into the locker room or into the media center and we just start exporting clips, just 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 firing them away. And Tyler was just like posting everything. It was it was really fun. So what was uh what was kind of your role during the game? Like what's described to me kind of what you're going after? Are you assigned a certain area or spot or how many people you had on your crew? Like just so people understand like what it takes to put a big you know, piece together uh, after a big moment. So I, uh, me specifically, I'm shooting just game in-game highlights. So um, I'm probably going back and forth in the end zones, obviously wherever our team's going. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the end zone. On our squad, we have Luke, Luke Porman, who is our sideline shooter. And he got that sick shot of like Jalen Hyatt running away and like the Bama player kind of on the ground. And that was just like a monumental shot right there. We we went crazy when we saw that. We we're like, bro, how did you do that? Um, but um, so yeah, so we also work with VFL Films, um, and they have a whole bunch of shooters. So we got they got like two sideline guys, um, Eric and Isaac, and and Gary, and um, we have a few other. Uh, people working who are like kind of in the stands, um, shooting, shooting fans and all that stuff. So we were, we were well covered uh, for that game. And that's what editing that video helped out. Uh, uh, that helped out a ton, just having all that stuff and um, super thankful for all of them. I know one aspect of filming like a big monumental game is like not getting overly excited because you still have a job to do. Kind of describe as a Tennessee volunteer lifelong fan, what was kind of your strategy or did you, did you do anything different for like trying to hold your emotion in to get the shot versus like, you know, celebrating as well? It's tough. Let me tell you. Um, there is, there is some moments where I uh, would, would get it, but then like immediately would just be like chest bumping the guy next to me. Like, you know, it was, you know, I could not help myself. I, I, I was so sorry. I, I felt bad a little bit, but it was fun, man. Um, there were, there was one, uh, usually like everything, we got every shot, but there was just one when the, when the kicker, when the Alabama kicker missed the kick, um, I was recording that, but, uh, my buddy next to me, Bailey, he like hit my arm and like, it just messed me all up. And I was like, bro, like, you, bro, 
but I was just like, I don't care. Like, this is just that that was huge. <laughs> and what about like the post game rush? I saw your clip of like you running onto the field. What's what's that moment like? How like are you are you thinking about? I don't know. I guess what what are you thinking about in that moment leading up to that moment and then post during it? Yeah, when we realized he was about to kick for the win, we were like, okay, like when they the second that kick goes in, we're running. You know. Um, and it's funny because I had a lot of people like comment on that video and like, why don't you have like stabilization? And I was just like, I wouldn't, I didn't care. I was just like, bro, like I'm just running. Like, um, but I was actually, I did have a job. I was supposed to find our quarterback, Hinton Hooker and, and film him. And so when I first ran out there, I, I was screaming, um, just kind of just, just recording running. And then I was like, oh wait, I got to find Hinton and never found him because there was just chaos. I never found him. It got to a point, I'm a short guy, I'm like 5'6". And so when everyone was just crowded in the middle, I literally just, both hands, camera up, just just, just filming everything, trying to get out. <laughs> like, it got to be, yeah, I, yeah, it was just insane. I didn't really do my job very well that <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I think uh, the shot works better without stabilization. Like it's the chaos of that moment. Um, that's awesome. And then uh, before we get into the Q and A portion of this uh, podcast, what about the edit that you put out? Like post game. Now you're into the week. Like talk to me about that. I think that was like a two minute edit that you dropped. Um, just that process and what you're thinking about when you're pulling all the footage to make that moment happen for social. Yeah. So we knew we wanted to make this real little more, you know, like not just about the game, but kind of about what we're building at Tennessee. And so we wanted to go back to when coach Heupel first got here. So we put his first um, interview in um, and what he's kind of done in, in 21 short months. So kind of, kind of came in on Monday, came in on Sunday slash Monday, kind of planned out the video, uh, me, Tyler and Luke um, and then kind of just Tyler gave me the reins, put all the clips together, put all the footage together, wanted to include, you know, we had game day again. We had SC Nation at the same time, wanted to include the, the fan pre-atmosphere, kind of knew that, added all that in. And then we knew we wanted to go out on Tuesday and I was, and I literally like exported it about, I'd say like Tuesday at like 6.30 and it went out at like 7. So like it was very Quick turnaround, but um, it was good. Uh, a lot of work, a lot, lot that goes into that, looking through footage, making sure you got the best shot in every every aspect. Luke was super helpful with that, trying to find the best shots and everything. Um, but, yeah, just kind of throw it together with some music and put some put a little Carolina Liar in there, and uh, it was good. A little, little, little David Dobrik uh, shout-out there. Is there – a mindset or a strategy that you use to when you sit down and you have all this footage, like what's going through your head of like, how am I going to get this down to two minutes, one minute or social? Like, I know that's probably the scariest part for any editor sitting down is looking up at the mountaintop. What's your mindset there? Yeah, it's, it's definitely intimidating with, with all the footage you have, but I go section by section and I'm honestly really bad at like, being indecisive sometimes. Um, oh, like what if there's a better clip? But when, when you when you get a quick turnaround, like this clip will work. You know, like this clip looks good here. Just go with it and keep on moving. Um, yeah. So like for example, in the video, it had like coach hype speech, game day, and then game. Like just went section by section, 
did game day, did the game, did the uh, post game, like just section by section, get the get the good shot, put it in, and move on. Yeah, it's yeah, a good strategy, strategy of like, like instead of looking so at it at one big video, it's a, a you know, you know a, a bunch, bunch of small, small videos put, put together, together. So yeah. you just laser focus on one section at a time. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's jump into the Q and A section. Um, first up, we got Colin. Yo, Colin, what's going on? Not too much. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Is this your first time on here? On this one, yes. It's kind of weird actually being on the other side. I'm used to podcasting myself. Amazing. Well, we got Noah in the room uh, from Tennessee Volunteers. Um, currently, you are the only one in the room. Uh, there was a couple others, but they left. But we'll see if more people join. But for now, um, all the questions you have, let's start off with the intro, um, just so people know who you are. And then Noah and I can get some t- context of answering the questions. And then you could go off and shoot off your first question for us. All right. Uh, I'm Colin Walker. I currently teach at Valdosta State University as a professor, uh, and I teach sports media production students. And I had the honor of having Billy speak to my class last semester. Uh, It was an awesome experience, so I thought it'd be good to get on the podcast. Yeah, let's go. That was was awesome. I love uh, talking to students, so that was a great opportunity. Um, What's your first question for us? So one question I had is, what's changed in your approach to creating media content? Since 2020. Um, are you talking about like post pandemic? Yeah. I mean, in terms of obviously that changed a lot of things. I think we saw like certain boundaries suddenly came up, uh, but it also allowed for some really creative avenues. Yeah. I think, um, I guess, I mean, the biggest thing now is the emphasis on vertical format video, um, with TikTok and reels being the main kind of go-to drivers, um, compared to what we had prior to that. Um, you know, I remember when I was at the Chiefs, it was a lot of one by one, four by five, 16 by nine. And then now basically everything starts at nine by 16 and then we go from there. So um, I think that's one of the biggest changes over the last couple of years is just people asking for more vertical format deliverables and um, kind of, you know, everyone moving their ways of doing things to fit the current landscape. Uh, Noah, I don't know if you see a difference over the past couple of years, but um, what's your kind of take on that? Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree with you. I think um, we're all short form now. And, you know, with with TikTok and, and Reels and all this stuff, like it's almost like, like making it easier to get into the creative industry because you can really do it with your phone now. Um, and like we, we have some videos where we just film with our phone. They do better than, than a full production, you know? So, um, which, which is kind of like, dang, but like at the same time, it, it's kind of cool. Cause a lot of, a lot of new people can get into the industry, um, which is pretty unique. Yeah. I mean, I guess as a follow up question, um, actually a student asked me the other day, What's your guys' approach to shooting for nine by sixteen? To be honest with you, I really don't account for it. I just kind of, I just kind of shoot and and then crop later, and and it's kind of like a problem for later, Noah. Um, so that that's kind of how I how how I do it. I do, I will say, I do shoot everything in four K. Um, mm-hmm. That that helps me like retain the quality for when I do edit vertically. Yeah, I think uh, Colin, for me, it it helps to know on the front end if you need to do a nine by 16 format. So when I'm told, Hey, 
this needs to be a nine by 16. I'll also ask the question, well, is it only nine by 16 or is it nine by 16 and 16 by nine and one by one? Like, can you give me all the ratios needed for this project? And then if they say nine by 16, all we care is about vertical, then I will definitely take a couple more steps to make sure that, you know, the content that I'm creating is formatted for vertical, whether that's shooting a little bit wider um, or even turning my camera and shooting my camera rotated 90 degrees. So that way I can maximize um, all the resolution that it's capturing into the vertical format. Um, even this podcast right now, I'm shooting with a camera to the side and it's turned on its side. So um, when I drop into Premiere, I just have to scale down because it's like in 4K or something. But um, that's step one is just figuring out, you know, what are the needs post shoot content capture day? Um, and if it's just nine by 16, then are there some steps that we can take to um, double down on the vertical? Um, but if it's both, if it's nine by 16 and 16 by nine, I'll just shoot as normal. And then maybe there's a small emphasis on some wider shots just to make sure it fits in the end. But that's kind of my strategy there is um, just figuring out what the rules and boundaries are with the shoot and then kind of adapting your footage or adapting your rig to accommodate from there. Awesome. Uh, well, I guess that leads into another question of uh, how you all plan for each shoot that involves live games from both technical and storytelling perspectives. Yeah. So like, for example, going into this past game that we had, we knew it was going to be a big one, potentially a, you know, monumental game for our history. And so going into it, we had a lot of preparation um, of like, who's going to be where, you know, um, who's getting what post game, who's getting what pregame. Um, and so we had a whole list of things just planned out. So if this did happen, we know where everyone's going to be. Um and on a, on a technical aspect, we pretty much do the same, like, settings, camera settings, week in, week out. We did run with a GoPro 360 uh, Hero camera uh, at Endgame. We don't typically do that. So we, we knew we wanted to do that. Just, we just gave it to my boss, and he just ran around. So um, that, that, was, that was a whole lot of fun. So I'd say, you know, from, from my side, you know, like, for big games like this, we have everything planned out, you know, where everyone's going to be. Um, but the technical side, it pretty much stays the same week in, week out. Yeah, I think uh, preparation is very key when it comes to a big game. Um, and personally, I'm probably more focused on the technical side and just making sure our gear is good, um, our cards are ready, cameras are ready, lenses are clean. Because um, if you don't, you know, if you mess up there, then there's no story to be told. So usually just based on my previous experience, I'm not as concerned about preparing the story as much as preparing the gear in order to capture the story in the moment. So um, definitely it is very helpful to think about the story pregame and pre-event. Um, you know, at college football playoffs, I think we chose the song for the edit before the game even started. So that really helped in our quick turn edit after the game, uh, knowing that, you know, we didn't have to worry about finding a song or um, we might plan kind of how the breakdown of the video happened. So that kind of helps 
point us in the right direction of what to shoot, when to shoot, and you know what we need to focus on during pregame, during the game, and postgame. But um, to me, it's very much a heavy emphasis on locking down technical and getting dialed in there versus anywhere else. And Noah, I'm not sure if I'm being too presumptive in asking this question, but um, do you guys work with like students and whatnot as part of your um, crew? Yes, we have we have a few student interns, but they are mainly graphic design and photography interns. Um, we have okay. one who is just getting into video, and uh, he's he's pretty good. He he'll uh, he'll shoot um, on the concourse down uh, and like shoot highlights and stuff like that. He he's new though, but he's uh, he's really talented, and he's got a bright future for sure. I mean, the reason I wanted to ask, because, I mean, obviously you guys had an awesome game and whatnot uh, this past week. Um, I was interested kind of how you're helping students kind of learn to control the nerves when you're in the moment and that thing happens. And as the title of the podcast is, get the shot that you got to get the shot in those moments. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. And it is... Um I told I told Billy this earlier. One of our one of our interns, when I was filming like a uh, filming like a kick, he like hit my arm like as I was filming it because he was like just excited. It was just reaction. I honestly I didn't care because I was super excited too. But you know, yeah, I uh, I'm still I'm still learning that myself. Um, just especially being here, I, this is like my dream. Um, but yeah, we we definitely do talk to them about you know. Hey, this is your job. You're here because you know you, you get to be here because because this is your job. You, you have to fulfill your job. You know, do your job first, and then we can we can have fun after. So we try to drill that home for for them and for uh, for us too. Sometimes. Uh, let's see, Billy. You want me to ask another question? Um, I mean, yeah. If you got another one, we can do one more. Um, and hope somebody else joins the room. But for now, we just we're just rolling. So yeah, go ahead. Let's shoot one more. Uh, let's see. Um. I guess this would be a comparison question. Uh, what you all feel um, for students kind of coming out, trying to get in the sports media industry, where they got to have it skills versus the things that you might feel aren't emphasized enough um, and or maybe weren't in from your respective experiences. I think some got to have it skills to work in sports would be just your classic, like be on time, be respectful, be be involved, be excited about being a part of wherever you're at. Like you might go to a team that you just don't want to be at that team or it's not the level, like maybe it's a D2 school and you want to be D1 or whatever. Like your first job out of college might not be where you want to be, but if you put in not only the work, but like the excitement of the work to do well there, that's how you can make it to the next level. So I think um, that would be my answer for the must-haves. Um, for the second part of your question, which was, what was it, like the things people... I mean, maybe things that like aren't emphasized enough or maybe even another way to think about it is like what kind of things were maybe you told were important that really aren't important um, when you're really actually kind of in the chair doing the job? That's a really good question. Um, no, do you have anything? I'm, I'm kind of blanking there. Let's see here. Um, I mean, I, I think I think a lot of the skills are important 
to have. I don't know if there's one that's just like, uh, you don't really need to have that. Um, what I what I think of is, is like is like if you're in social media, you probably should be like extroverted or something like that. Um, but I don't think that's always the case. I'm a pretty introverted guy um, day to day. So I think you can, you know, you don't, you don't have to necessarily be a certain personality type or anything like that to be in social media. You can be, you know, you can be extroverted, you can be introverted, you can be whoever you want. Um, there's, there's a place for everybody in the sports uh, creative industry um, when it comes to that. So that, that's what I thought of and could think of. So Awesome. Well, appreciate the time, guys. I hope there's some more people in the lobby to uh, ask you all some good questions. Appreciate it, Colin. Yeah, for sure. Uh, appreciate it, Colin. Thanks for stopping by and um, talk to you soon for sure. Uh, absolutely. Take care. All right. That was fun. We got our uh, Q&A in, and I don't know where everybody's at. Maybe they're all still in work or in class, but we'll just uh, continue with the podcast. Uh, at least we got one. So, Noah, what is your when it comes to like creating content was your favorite thing about that like are you more of a shooter more of an editor you love the pre-production like what's your favorite aspect about creating content especially at games i definitely love the shooting aspect i love being down there in that atmosphere and like getting the shot you know um i always like record it on my phone and send it to all my friends uh, right right when it happens and so it, it's i'm a mess bro but um <laughs> I definitely, definitely shooting. I, when I was at Georgia, I edited a ton. I didn't shoot really anything. Um, so I, I, I did grow a liking for editing there, but if I had to choose like which one to do for the rest of my life, I would definitely choose shooting. Nice. And when you were at Georgia, you were doing like film video staff, which isn't, you know, really creative, but what kind of like what I was talking about earlier, that was like your first job out of college um, what kept you motivated or what gave you the drive to be like, you know, this isn't where I should be. I should be on the creative side. Um, what was your mindset during that time? Yeah, I knew, I knew why I came there. I knew, you know, this is a really good opportunity right out of college. And I knew I didn't want to go necessarily into this realm, but I, I definitely wanted to go in this realm. So going into that, I was in the mindset of, I'm going to do everything I can creatively on my own time, you know, people see I'm with Georgia, you know, that they, you know, um, I'm, I'm a video intern, yes, but they, you know, see that a lot of people just see I'm with Georgia, you know, and I, I put out content and they, and they start to see like, oh, this guy, like he, he even makes stuff for Georgia, you know, like, um, start catching people's, people's eye and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, like, sorry, I'm not, I'm like, not blanking, but like just. No, you're good. Um, what what type of stuff are you creating on the side? Because like I think that's what you know. A lot of DMs I get would be, you know, I'm not working for a big school or I'm not filming on the sidelines of an NFL game. Like, how do I? How am I supposed to go shoot football if I'm not shooting football? So like, what what was your strategy for doing creative stuff outside of your current job at Georgia? So yeah, I started I started doing graphic design, and so I would just you know get the photos from our social media and start, start, you know, doing something creative. Um, and, and, and then I, I ended up working out a deal with my boss at the time that like, Hey, like I'll film, 
coaches film the first half, you let me shoot some photos second half, and you know, he, he let me do that. So I was able to build a little photography portfolio while I was at Georgia as well. And um, I was also in charge of the, the motivationals um, there, um, the, the in-house motivationals. So I was able to like really, you know, kind of go crazy on the editing side. That's kind of where I grew um, in, my, in my editing um, there because I, I was so focused on that. And that's really the only creative thing I could do besides, you know, my own stuff with like graphic design, stuff like that. So I was able to get, I was able to get well-versed um, at Georgia, like for a whole year. Um, so I, I tell people that all the time. I, I, I think it's super important to not just be, not, not be an expert at one thing, but to be good at a lot of things. Um, that's where I feel like I'm at. Um, and I think that's what my boss here, Tyler said, that's one of the things that stuck out the most is like, you know, if we need you to make a graphic, you probably whip one up real quick. If we need you to do a video, like all this stuff. So, um, yeah. And then how did you get kind of that connection with NASCAR? Like what, did you do anything specific or how do you think you were discovered to make the next step out of being at Georgia? Yeah, I've been very blessed and some would say lucky. Um, I had Chase Elliott's agent reach out to me. So when I was at Georgia, I wanted to make sure, you know, I was covering all social media aspects, especially like LinkedIn, you know, and I know that's not the most like popular thing to do. And I really I told my dad I, I would never get a job through LinkedIn. I'd probably get it through like Twitter or something like that because everyone creatively is on Twitter, you know. So, um, but, you know, he actually reached out to me through LinkedIn. He discovered me through, you know, like the website on Georgia Athletics and reached out, uh, messaged me through LinkedIn. He noticed me, you know, he looked up all my social medias, saw all of my work, thought it was good. So he decided to reach out and see if I was, uh, you know, wanting to want to take it nice that's awesome yeah that's huge i mean you gotta make sure you're on all the platforms even linkedin so that's awesome that uh, it worked out for you through linkedin um a couple more questions and then we'll kind of wrap up the podcast but who are some of the people in the sports creative industry that kind of inspire you or maybe when you were younger like got you through to where you are today like who are your some biggest inspirations well, you're definitely one of them. I've seen your work for a long time, and especially when you're at the Chiefs and everything. And, uh, you know, Let It Fly has definitely been a super big inspiration. Um, yeah, I like I always like anytime y'all are at a big event or anything, um, I always see your work and I always think it's like the sickest thing. And like I'm a big F1 guy. I'm a big F1 guy. When I saw you at F1, I was like, bro, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. But, um, yeah, all y'all over there, big inspiration. Definitely early on, um, I always was drawn to Jacob Reeves' photography. I thought his stuff was just insane um, at South Carolina. And Justin Law, saw he was on the podcast. He super big inspiration. Um, those, those guys at South Carolina, they can hold it down creatively. Um, Justin King, all those guys. I've never even talked to them or met those guys. But, you know, they are super talented, and their work's been noticed um, a ton. So what, uh, what piece of advice would you have for people who want to work in college sports? Kind of what, kind of going back to earlier, I think, you know, if you, you know, don't be an expert in one thing, but be good at everything. You know, that's what I, that's what I tell a lot of people because I think that, you know, sticks out the most, you know, there's a lot of expert videographers, a lot of expert photographers, but there's not a lot of, you know, everything. You know, like if you can do everything that, that especially, especially at the collegiate level, you know, because a lot of programs, especially like 
you know, lower D1, D2, it was like, you're probably going to do a lot. You know, you're probably going to do the f- photography, the video, the, the graphics. You're going to do all that stuff. So it's, it's definitely better to be well-versed than to not. And, and also, you know, you're big on it as well. Like, post your work. You know, like, you know, always. Like, I, I try to tell the guys I work with here, like, you know, like, we make this stuff for the team, of course. Do, do your work for the team first. But then once you're done, like, post your work like you worked hard on this you got that shot you did this you know build your brand as well nice yeah that's very uh big advice that i harp on all the time is like if people don't know what you do then how are they supposed to hire you for what you do um so good stuff there um this part of the podcast we're gonna flip rules real quick i'm gonna let you ask me a couple of questions if you have any um but yeah like do you have any questions for me shoot man hey i mean definitely i uh when you were uh, when you were at the Chiefs, were you working for Let It Fly or were you with the Chiefs? Uh, I was with the Chiefs full-time. I interned with the Chiefs 2017, straight out of college, and then I was full-time with them 2018. And then 2019, the Let It Fly guys hired me away. Gotcha. Gotcha. Was that a was that a weird transition going from like working with a team to like a creative agency? Yeah, it was definitely an interesting transition because you're not only a creative agency, but a startup. You're leaving a organization that's been around, well-established NFL team, you know, 250 employees leaving that and joining two guys in a box office, like trying to build something from the ground up. So not only was it weird to go from sports to creative agency, but also from a built out structure to no structure and you got to kind of build the structure yourself. So that was probably the biggest and even currently the biggest challenge of Let It Fly is the structure that we implemented if, you know, from the ground up, but now we're just building on top of that and making changes and revisions to the process over and over and over again. Whereas when you're at you know a team, that structure has already been built out um, by the people before you. Yeah, that's... For sure, that, that that would be that would be tough, but it's a really cool, unique opportunity for you guys um, to to really do something really cool, which is what you are doing currently. So been a, a wild couple of years, and it's crazy to see the amount of growth and things we've been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. So definitely um, glad I took that opportunity and kind of leap of faith to you know join a startup. But now here we are. <laughs> 20, uh, 20 plus employees later. That's so sick, dude. That's awesome. Um, what else? You got a, you got a Super Bowl ring? Uh, I do not have a Super no, Bowl ring. Dude. Uh, I left the year prior to them winning. I'm the same way with Georgia. I left and they won the, they won the Natty the next year, bro. Like I was like, bro. I, I kind of love that I left the year before. Like it's the ultimate, like, what if, or people are like, man, you missed out. But then I could be like, I actually didn't because, you know, I got to be at Let It Fly Media and got to grow that. And like, I kind of use it as a chip on my shoulder to be like, yeah, I'm sure, sure I missed out on the ring, but now I have to make this other thing work and like be as great or even better than having a ring. So um, it worked out. A lot of my friends from the Chiefs got rings and I was super, super jealous, but super happy that, you know, all the years and hard work that they put in um, came out to that. So 
uh, yeah, the rain, they're, they're freaking, I got to hold some of them. They're, they're freaking massive. I'm glad, I'm glad we can relate on that. Cause I was getting a lot of pictures from all my buddies at Georgia after they won. And I was like, man, like I, like I've, like I was super happy for him and everything. And I was just like, what are the odds? <laughs> like of this, like when I was with Chase, he won the championship the year prior to me getting there. So I was like right in the middle of these two like championships, just missed them both. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I felt it in my like core that they were going to win when I was deciding if I was going to leave. I was like, man, if I, I've seen what this team has been doing during practice. They were one penalty away from the Super Bowl the year before at the AFC championship. Like this team is going to win a Super Bowl. Um, and, but like the opportunity of let it fly when they came is just like kind of outweighed that. And I was just like, I'm just going to make the jump now and go. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was a year off. <laughs> We both were. <laughs> but maybe uh, maybe Bulls, <laughs> they're on their way. <laughs> Billy, I don't know what I'm going to do if we do that. I'm going to – I might retire at 24. <laughs> hey, if y'all go to CFP, I'll see you there. <laughs> oh, dude, that's going to be sick, man. Yeah, so um, all right, last uh, portion of the, the podcast. Who are um, three creatives in your head who are super, like – not as well known. They're super underrated. Like who are some three sleepers that you think more people should know about? Um, in my, in my NASCAR days, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to link two here, Jared Allen and Will Stone. Um, Will Stone, just a master behind graphic design. Um, he super talented guy, you know, he did really good when he was at 2311 with Bubba Wallace as well. And, um, super, super, uh, really good at social media, that guy. And like, he, he always comes up with the best captions, the best memes, like he's, he's on it. Um, and Jared Allen is one of the best photographers I know. Um, every time, cause we would, we would be gone like almost every weekend and, you know, we'd be traveling. We, we, him, him and I would like go to like these different landscapes and stuff and see a bunch of cool stuff. We went to the Golden Gate Bridge one time. We went to Yosemite and he, I'd be getting these just stereotypical shots, you know, like some, some subject in the middle, you know, like just uh, ordinary shot. And he'd be like, no, 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 do this. Go to the right, having like the third. And I was like, okay. Like, and it made it like so much better. So like he is, he, yeah, those two guys right there. Um, Jared's also super good with social media and everything. He, he, um, does, uh, Denny Hamlin social media and, um, a lot of other guys. So, uh, yeah, those, those two guys are phenomenal. And my guys here at Tennessee, uh, Luke Porman and Trey Morton. Luke, uh, is he, he's been on for about two months, I'd say. And, uh, he made an instant impact, uh, when he got here, like he, his first video like did numbers and I was like, okay, this guy's the truth. Like he's, he's going to, and then he got that shot at Alabama with the, with Janet High runaway. And I was like, this guy is that he's insane. Um, and then Trey Morton, another graphic design photographer guy, he, that man, uh, he is, uh, along with Will, they're actually friends. Um, one of the graf best graphic designers I know, like he, he's so good at color. He's so good at like attention to detail and he's just a uh, super talented guy. So that's my, uh, that's my take on, um, on creatives that I know um, that are underrated for sure. Nice. Love that. That's awesome. Um, I'll definitely check those people out. All right. Last thing for the podcast. Um, I ask all my guests this. I usually wrap it um, just with one last piece of advice that 
if someone's listening to this and they're an aspiring creative or younger creative and that's, this is all they're going to take away, like what is your last final piece of advice? The floor is yours. What I'd have to say is like, look, like you're not going to work for the big brand immediately. And that's not what your goal should be. Your goal should be to create what makes you happy, create, you know, you know, if working, you know, at this D2 college makes you happy, you have great friends, you love the team, love the players there, then do that. That That's, that, that's your thing. Do that. You know, um, I feel like we get so caught up in the big brand and, you know, we see people, um, you know, especially in like job interviews, stuff like that. We're like, oh, they haven't worked for anybody big yet or anything like that. I don't think we should, I don't think we should look at that. I think we should look at their work and, you know, and not necessarily the, the big brands, stuff like that. So I don't think you should worry about that as much as, um, as I feel like we do, you know, and I'm very guilty of that as well. So, um, I think that, uh, I guess that would be mine <laughs> kind of off the, off the dome there. Yeah. Love it. Uh, one more thing, one more request. Since you just had your big game, big moment this past weekend, I'm going to ask for another piece of advice, but for someone who's about to go shoot their big game, like what, if, if you just had like something to tell someone who's about to walk into the stadium to shoot, whatever big game it is, what would you tell them? Be prepared you know, like you need to you need to make sure you have everything covered, like map out in your head before you even ever play the game, map out, you know, where am I going to be for pregame? Where are we going to be during the game? Who am I going to be on when we win? You know, what's this edit going to look like? Like be prepared as much as you can be and prepare more than that. Um, so so you can so you can knock it out of the park. You heard it straight from the legend himself, Noah Halford. Thank you so much, Noah, for hopping on the podcast. And shout out to our single caller today, Colin, for asking us some dope questions. Shout out to all the listeners and supporters of the podcast. Please, please, please share and rate this podcast five stars. I appreciate you all very much. And I'll catch y'all on the next one. Deuces. Deuces.